Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. We're starting a new series today in which we're going to discuss CIC issue number 67. You can find that at CICministry.org. The reason we are going back to an older article right now is that much of what was written then is even more applicable now. This article, the title is John the Baptist and Prophet to Nations, was written just after 9-11. And if you remember, after the events of 9-11, all the false prophets just came out of the woodwork claiming they had predicted it and they had coming judgments and all the things that go along with that. Well, if you're watching what is going on in the Christian social media world right now, you've probably heard from um, Jeremiah Johnson, Pat Robertson, Dana Coverstone, he's the big one right now. His, his prophecy on YouTube has 2 million views right now. 2 million views. So the question is, is there modern-day prophets to nations? Okay. Well, that's really important. And that, I wrote that article that we're going to cover here to, almost 20 years ago. And another big event happens, and this is the opportunity for all these people to make a name for themselves. That's right. And so they, they have all these things figured out in advance. And there are many things to discuss, and we've covered some of them in various forms in articles and radio shows over the last decade or two. But it keeps coming back. And there are many problems with it, not the least of which they're claiming they can give false prophecies and still be a true prophet. Oh, oh exactly. And, and so I cover that. I've dealt with that. I continue to deal with that. But this one is really particularly interesting because a lot of it focuses on America. And we've done some recent material on that. Okay. We just recently did an episode demonstrating that America does not have a covenant with God, and it's called Our National Myth. If you missed that one, it'd be a good one to go back and listen to. Right. So, so it starts with the idea America is somehow the new Israel with a particular covenant with God. We've refuted that notion, or at least refuted the misuse of the scripture they try to use to prove it, or some of the documents they try to use to prove it. And... Furthermore, a corollary issue would be this. If there is a particular covenant nation that is directly ruled by Yahweh, which the Bible says only Israel was under the old covenant and will be again in the millennium, uh, but right now the nations are under civil rulers. And we'll right. talk about that. But to have a prophet like Elijah or Jeremiah or Isaiah or whoever, you need to have the standards for the prophet, and you need to have a covenant nation to which the prophet was sent. Okay? Amen. Okay, so we're dealing with people claiming to be prophets, some of whom are supposedly prophets to America. And we're going to show that they are all illegitimate. 100% of them are false. 
That's and, correct. And we're going to call on them to repent. I've done this for years. They won't repent because they have too many followers and they're too full of themselves. They think <laughs> they're these hot shots. I've already had prophets curse me. I'm used to that. I've already had prophets tell me I'm going to die, you know, 20, 30 years ago. I'm used to that. I don't care because they, these guys aren't who they claim to be. They're false. And if you're supporting them, we're going to show you today that these guys aren't Elijah. They're not John the Baptist. They're not valid prophets. They just claim they are. That's right. So before we actually start talking about John the Baptist, do you just want to give us a little preview of what we're going to hit in the next few episodes? Okay, well, let me just start by reading two verses, and that'll frame where we're going to go, however long it takes us to cover this. Okay? All right. I'm glad I wrote this 20 years ago, because now here it is back on the front burner, okay? Yep. So I started with two verses, and pay attention. Um, to, to these verses. Matthew eleven thirteen and 14 is the first one. It says this, quote, for all of the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you care to accept it, he himself is Elijah who was to come. Okay. Okay. That, that we'll, we'll talk about Malachi and one of the Malachi prophecies, but there's another one. There's another verse in Matthew about this that shows us that there's a yet future Elijah. And that's Matthew 17, 10, and 11. Matthew 17, 10, and 11. Let me quote that. And his disciples asked him, saying, why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? He answered and said, Elijah is coming and will restore all things. So there's two statements made by Jesus Christ. Now, I would right. assume our listeners believe that Jesus is God the Son, that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's prophet, priest, and king, that he speaks the truth, and that what he speaks is inerrant and infallible. I would hope that we believe that much. You okay. can't say the same about these other guys out there. They're not Jesus Christ, and they're not Elijah, okay? So Jesus told us that John the Baptist was the fulfillment of one of the Elijah prophecies in Malachi. He okay. also tells us that there's a yet future Elijah role that will be covered. And in between, we're going to talk about prophets to nations and why there are none now. Okay, so let's start with John the Baptist as Elijah okay. in that first verse. So, as I said, national tragedy, somehow we think America is the center of the universe, which it isn't, out come the prophets. Right. And the ones who, they, they always a little bit after the fact, looked at some vague thing they said in the past and say, oh, see, I predicted this. Well, yes. if you just keep predicting gloom and doom, at some point something bad will happen. And it'll be proven to be correct. But the errors are unbelievable. I have an article that's actually a second article in this issue 67 where I just covered specific ones that I'd heard in my lifetime. Yeah. Back then, 20 years ago, 
false, 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 continual ones since the 70s that I heard. Yeah. How long do we have to listen to false prophets? And now the next one, oh, I'm the real true prophet. Don't listen to all those guys. They were all false. Oh, Where we might just think maybe there aren't any of these people of that ilk that are valid, that they're all invalid unless they're preaching the gospel, teaching the word of God, and not claiming to give infallible, inerrant, predictive prophecies. Okay? So that's what caused this. So that I made this claim in this article from November, December 2001. The last biblical prophet to a nation was John the Baptist. That's my claim. And so then... Let me just cite something from the article that I wrote, 2001. Quote, the real question is, are there legitimate prophets to America or any other nation who speak, now listen, infallibly and authoritatively on behalf of God? I'm going to claim that since John the Baptist, there have been none. Now, those who are watching and listening, notice I said infallibly and authoritatively. Right. Now they will say they don't have to be under those stipulations. Those were clear stipulations about the prophets under the old covenant. Okay. Okay. Right. We proved that many times from Deuteronomy 13, Deuteronomy 18, and so forth. They weren't to tolerate false prophets. If somebody prophesied something and it did not come to pass, that's it. They're, they're done. Okay? Right. That's, they have that's a false so... doctrine of God. They're also false. And, I, and I've written about that. Okay. So don't tell me that you're usually right or sometimes right. Because as I've said many times, so let's just go over it again in cases some people are new to critical issues commentary. Let okay. me tell you that not only does the Bible require that they're correct, 100% of the time, and, and, and that if they're false, they're, they're to be rejected. There's a good reason for that. Because if somebody is sometimes right and sometimes wrong, and they're telling us something about the future, then what we know from their words, that they might be right and they might be wrong, and whatever it is they predict might happen or might not happen. Well, yeah. had I never heard such a prophet, had I never heard one word from anybody like that, whatever it is that's a topic that they are discussing, I know now it might happen or it might not happen. So they're completely unnecessary. They haven't added anything. So the fallible prophet says, I think it's going to happen. Now I still know it might happen, it might not happen. They've added zero to my knowledge other than to create confusion. Yes. If these false prophets think that God wants his church confused, then they know nothing about Scripture and the New Testament. An uncertain message doesn't come from God. God speaks clearly. God speaks uh, understandably. God speaks bindingly. Once we know what God said, we're bound to obey it, uh, or we're sinning against God. That's right. Okay, so I had, I've confronted some of these false prophets. I had lunch with one with another brother. 
He sat down with this guy and he just got really angry. And what made him so angry was my uh, requirement that he teach sound doctrine and that if he predicts something, it's 100% correct or he's a false prophet. He just blew up. Oh, dear. You're going to crucify me. You're attacking me. You're, well, he didn't want to have sound doctrine and truth, but he wanted to be a prophet. And then he was so, going around to churches collecting offerings to give his prophecies that may be true or may be false. Even he wouldn't claim that he was infallible. So just to give a verse to back up what we're saying, we have Deuteronomy 18.22. If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously, so do not be alarmed. If don't it doesn't come true, it didn't come from God. It didn't come from God. Don't listen to them. Don't give yeah. them offerings. Don't sign up for their newsletter. I get emails from one just so I can see what the false prophets are all up to. And it gets more bizarre all the time. Right. I get emails from one too. and It's crazy. Yeah. There is for no research purposes only. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I do. Well, there is no claim so grandiose, so bizarre, that they won't make it. They don't right. blush. They don't feel bad. They just trudge ahead, getting more brazen, more uh, uh, in your face and nasty, and more willing to curse anybody that disagrees with them. Uh, and when they're wrong, they don't repent. They just start on something else. Yeah. And, and well, now listeners, I've been doing this since the 80s, this sort of understanding, trying to understand what these things are and then trying to help the church understand it. I've heard unbelievable. I've been hearing these false prophets since the 70s. They've all been wrong. And yeah. I list in the article that's in the same issue. If you want to print out the PDF of uh, issue number 67, I listed ones I'd heard in my lifetime. There was a lady that came through in the 70s claiming to be a prophetess here in the Twin Cities. She came through mm -hmm. and holding meetings, and she had some land out in Florida on high ground because she was prophesying that Florida is going to go under the ocean, and you could join her on high ground, and uh, everybody For else. a small fee. Yeah, you'd be in some great place. Well, she turned out to be a false prophet. Prophet, yeah. prophetess. Um, this has been going on and on and on and on. Now, let me, we're going to tell you why they're all false, especially if they're claiming they're speaking for God to a nation. Okay? Right. So John the Baptist came, and I, I'm calling in my article, the last prophet of the old covenant. Okay. Okay. Because he was sent to national Israel to preach repentance and preparation for God's presence. We see this in Malachi 3 and verse 1. Malachi 3, 1, I'll read that. Okay. Behold, I am going to send my messengers, and he will clear the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts, Malachi 3, 1. Okay, so what I point out is that the key issue is preparation 
for God coming to his people. And there was a need to be cleansed before that would happen. If you've read through some of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, there was these in incredibly long processes of things that the priests would have to go through in order to come into the presence of the Lord right. in the tabernacle and later the temple. This We tend to, I think, as, as New Covenant believers, miss that significance. And the cleansing wasn't sanctification. It was, it was preparation. Right. I point out in my article is preparation for atonement. Right. So before they had the Day of Atonement, there was an awful lot of preparation that went on. Yeah. Okay. So Elijah came to ethnic national Israel in preparation. And the preparation was for the coming of, the, of God himself. Right. So, so John, John, being that Elijah, came to yeah. Israel. So John the Baptist was the Elijah, and his baptisms were baptisms of preparation for the one who would come after him, who John said his shoelaces, he wasn't even, his sandals, he wasn't even worthy to untie. So he was preparing for Messiah who's coming. Right. During the first advent. And I think that's very clear in Matthew. And so uh, do some biblical research into this so you understand what, what this Elijah prophet was about and what he did. Now, mm -hmm. one of the things that prophets did under the Old Covenant was they rebuked kings. Right. Okay. And so when I studied from some really great Old Testament professors when I was in seminary, some of them, I've had a couple of great ones, including Daniel Block, who's written quite a few commentaries. They said, one of the unique, unique things about the prophets of Israel compared to other religions and other nations. The prophets rebuked the king and the king was supposed to listen to them. Yes. And if the king didn't, it was the king who was in rebellion against Yahweh. Because the prophet, if he meets the qualifications of Deuteronomy 13, Deuteronomy 18, he spoke for God. And so yeah. in the other nations, the prophets were propaganda mouthpieces for the king. Yes. So the prophets would tell the king everything he wanted to hear, otherwise he'd just kill him. Now, yeah. they tried to do that in Israel. Remember uh, Ahab and Micaiah and that? Yes. 400 false prophets, and he wanted to get rid of the true prophet because he didn't say what he wanted to hear. Right. Well, we see Elijah doing that. He rebuked yeah. the king. And the king killed him because the king didn't want to hear what God said. Right. That was Herod. Yep. Herod killing John right. being Elijah. Yes. John the Baptist fulfilling the role of Elijah rebuke kings. Right. Okay. Now, we're not going to cover this today, but in my article, I point out that according to the book of Revelation, the Elijah role will, will be fulfilled by two persons, two prophets. The later, two witnesses, yes. Yeah, two witnesses during Daniel's 70th week. But between the first John the Baptist and those two witnesses, you have the church age, and there are no prophets to nations. Why? Right. Because... The nations are ruled by civil rulers and civil government.
and God providentially sets up the kings and the rulers, and God is in charge of this. And the rulers may be bad ones. When Paul told the Christians that he wrote to in Rome to submit to civil rulers, Nero was a wicked ruler in Rome. Right. And, and Paul didn't rebuke kings. The one time he rebuked a Jewish authority, he apologized for it. Oh, I didn't know it was the high priest. Right. Inside scripture, you shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. So mm -hmm. Paul was brought before kings and he testified about Jesus Christ. Right. And so um, the prophets, and I cover this in my article, he had Agabus, but Agabus was prophesying to the church, and this was during the time when the apostles and prophets were still on the face of the earth, about a famine that was coming, and he was accurate about that. And he prophesied to Paul about what would happen if he went to Jerusalem, and yeah. the disciples wanted Paul not to go based on what Agabus said, but he went anyway. But he was prepared for what was coming. Yeah, he was, he was saying, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm prepared to even die if needs be. And yeah, Paul's willingness to go to Jerusalem, despite Agabus's prophecy, for one thing, it shows that Agabus didn't, wasn't bindingly authoritative over the church. Right. Okay, which, so we learned from that. Secondly, Paul wanted to testify before not only people in Jerusalem, and whatever civil rulers were there, be they Jewish ones that were allowed to function under Rome or Roman civil rulers, which he eventually went before. And then he would testify before others. And he always testified about Christ and the gospel. Right. So Agabus didn't go to kings and rebuke them. He, what he had to say was to the church. Right. And it was not in the way of an Old Testament prophet to the nation of Israel. And when Paul did go to the kings, he preached the gospel. He preached the gospel. And what Agabus said concerning the famine actually came true. And so right. Agabus wasn't failing in the sense that a lot of these people fail again and again. And then if you say enough different things, eventually something will happen. And then you can say, oh, that was what I was prophesying. Well, and I think that's what we're seeing right now. It's real easy to be a prophet in hindsight. And oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what, yeah. what we're hearing is these videos of these prophets saying, well, in January, I had a dream about these people walking around in masks in March, and they're sharing it in June. <laughs> the, the, prof, the Old Testament prophets, when they prophesied, they prophesied beforehand, and it actually came to pass. They weren't saying, oh, yeah, I actually had a dream about that a while back. It doesn't work that way. No, that, that's so transparently self-serving that I don't know why people take it seriously. Yeah. But they do, and they have been my whole lifetime. And these prophets have been coming through and publishing for decades and decades, and it, they're just totally unashamed. They don't care how many times they're wrong. If they and can it hurts shout, people. If they can make a big scene, if they can make grandiose claims, then they get a crowd, they get lots of followers, 
And when they're wrong, nobody ever holds them into account. No. People keep going to the meetings, keep sending them money, even when they're wrong. And I have, even recently, we published an article about, before the case, somebody was claiming that America was going to have a horrible event in October of 2015. Okay. Okay, profit. I wrote an article about it. I read his book. Right. I remember that one. Yeah. And I said, okay. And he sort of left a little caveat. Well, every once in a while, it doesn't happen the way I'm saying. Well, I said, okay, so I read this guy's book. And he said, cataclysmic events are going to happen in October 2015. Well, if you believed him, of course, you'd sell your stocks or you'd buy gold or you'd do something. To, if you're an investor, you want to have money for your retirement. I don't know what people did based on this guy's claim. But he had a little out. Well, my, sometimes it doesn't happen. Well, I said this in my article. Before I read this guy's book, here's what I knew. There might be a cataclysmic event in October 2015, or there might not be. Now I've read his book, and here's what I know. There might be a cataclysmic event in October 2015, or there might not be. I've learned right. nothing. Zero. Nothing. The stock market might crash, or it might not. It might not. Okay, so I wrote my article in June, so I wasn't after the fact anything. I was just saying, this is goofy. Yeah. Well, then nothing happened. Right. He went on and wrote another book. Don't worry about it. Well, then he goes and writes the book, and he's still out there now claiming all these things. The same guy running around. Nobody held him into account except for me, and I got nasty emails from his followers accusing me of of things that were all ad hominem because they think they know my motives. I'm just trying to keep the church from being hurt. Okay? Now, we had a, a, a very unchristian type pagan president back then who did very little to support anything we would agree with. And the stock market was, did not crash. So are we to assume that because God was in, in favor of this president who's been very negative towards evangelicalism, was God was happy with him so these bad things didn't happen? Okay. It just doesn't work that way. No, it's so foolish. And then I said in my article, America is not Israel. America is not Israel. And the followers, the person said, well, well, no, we don't think America is Israel. Okay, so how, where did we get a prophet? That's right. Who's the prophet? It, all, it always goes back to who is Israel. And it's well, not America. And it's not the church. America is not Israel and the church is not Israel. Right. You can't figure that out. And that's another issue I think we should discuss here. Okay? Okay. We are actually out of time. Oh, my goodness. So we'll hold on to that one, and we'll come back. We'll pick up there next week. So thank you for listening to us today for Critical Issues Commentary. This has been Jessica Kramus and Bob DeWay, and we'll see you next week. We sure will.